Nick and Matt Jackson. You're listening to the Work Shoot Wrestling Podcast. Too sweet. Suck so yeah. Welcome to episode 240 of the Work Shoot Wrestling Podcast, a special Saturday edition. This is Corey Richmond, joined by Jason Brooks. First of all, just want to send out our deepest condolences to the families of Chadwick Bozeman, Billet Bob Armstrong, and of course to the 180,000 plus who have died so far to this tragedy known as COVID-19, and to the family of Mr. Blake, who is unfortunately due to the continuous police brutality in this country, was now paralyzed. We're not going to unfortunately, you know, get into that issue today because it would turn into a three-hour show in many different directions. But, you know, I just wanted to send out our prayers and hopes to all who are suffering in this time. But Jason, how are you doing today? I know it is one of those tougher times out there. Yeah, no, it's been uh, these, it just, it's, I don't know, man. It just doesn't, it just doesn't end. It just doesn't stop. And, um, you know, yeah, it's a ter- it was a terrible week. I mean, quite frankly, it was a fucking really bad week. Uh, Jacob Blake. Uh, Chadwick Bozeman, who really, you know, uh, was a, you know, was a bummer. Cliff Robinson, um, you know, uh, so it's just, it was just really, really a, a very rough week. Um, but now we've got payback. So everything is gonna, things are gonna <laughs> improve. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, rough week, but you know, let, let's talk some wrestling, uh, get our minds thinking about something different. Absolutely. Uh, so let's start off with the uh, the biggest story of the week, and we'll most likely get more into it as time goes along. But two of the biggest people who were out as a result of COVID-19 did come back this past week. We spoke about Roman Reigns uh, on our show earlier this week, but we also had the returns of Sami Zayn. And at the very end of SmackDown, we had the return of the advocate, Paul Heyman, which has led to more speculation of is Roman Reigns returning as a heel or is this Paul Heyman thing a swerve? Where are we going with all this and how might this affect uh, payback uh, on this on this Sunday? So Jay, uh, I guess we'll lead off with uh, what you think of the returns of Sami Zayn and Roman Reigns. Uh, does it make you more interested in payback? Does it just does it spice you up a little bit? What, do, what are we thinking here? Yeah, Corey, in terms of Reigns and Heyman, I, you know, Good for Reigns, man. Good for, you know, they said that, they, you know, I guess the rumor is that um, after WrestleMania, they were going to have him come back with it with an edge, quote unquote. Shit, it took him, how many years did it take him for them to listen to the audience? <laughs> it took him long enough. And that's probably going to be the biggest baby face they got. So, you know, it took him forever to listen to us. And again, we talk about this thing. Vince does things out of desperation, right? And so that's kind of where he's at. I think it's a great move. I think Reigns was his best in the shield. We've talked about that numerous times where he had Dean Ambrose, who was really the, you know, the, the, the Mike guy and Reigns would kind of shine in his little, his little moments of, of talking his promos, but he didn't have to carry promos. And everyone says he's a star. I guess he's a star. I, I will give, I will give them that. But in the ring, he wrestles good matches. He still does. And on a mic, he's okay. But I feel like he doesn't he – does, he's never, to me, come off as a babyface in his promos. Never. Uh, he comes off like, as we've talked about, he's the good-looking guy. He's the guy who got the prom queen in high school. You know, he's not the guy who, oh, my gosh, we – you know, he, he's one of us, so we've got to cheer for him. He just comes off as a 
I'm better than you type of guy, you know, good looking guy, big guy, great athlete, all those sort of sorts of things. And in his promos, he's never been that convincing to me as a baby face. So I think this him and pairing is great. Um, I think they could really pair well with each other. It's funny. So you had Heyman with CM Punk in the past where Heyman like didn't talk that much because Punk was so good. Then you've had Lesnar with Heyman where Heyman did like all the talking. Now I think you're going to get a little bit of a uh, mishmash in the middle where you're going to have Reigns doing some talking and Heyman doing some talking. And I think it could be a really good pairing. I mean, Heyman's been involved with basically six guys in his, uh, in his run in WWE. And four of them have been, well, three of them have been gold. I mean, he's been assigned with the Big Show. Big Show got really over. He's been assigned with Brock Lesnar. And Brock Lesnar has been, you know, basically the biggest thing in the company for when he's been there. Been assigned with uh, Punk, who's been huge. Now with Reigns, which you think should be a pretty good pairing. The two that didn't work was uh, Curtis Axel, which was, you know, Curtis Axel. And you had Cesaro, which was just an unfortunate situation, apparently. You know, I mean, I think everyone expected Cesaro and Heyman to be a great fit, and it just it was wrong place, wrong time, I guess. But if Paul Heyman goes with someone, it's usually, you know, this was a WWE uh, put this, uh, I think it was, I forgot what Twitter handle it was, but one of the Twitter handles put, you know, Paul Heyman equals, you know, license to print money. Usually if you go with Paul Heyman, that's usually a sign that it's going to be a pretty big angle and you're going to be most likely be over. Yeah, and, and, and here's the other thing, Corey, just to interrupt you. You made a good uh, point. I totally forgot about the big show, by the way. I completely forgot about that. I did remember Cesaro. Cesaro, was, it wasn't a long time he was with him in Axel, same thing. But we're noticing it, right? Heyman is really good with guys who are already kind of super over. Um, and he just kind of continues to elevate them that and things like that. Like that final yeah. piece of the puzzle, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I think this is a great, a great, great move for the WWE. We can rip them till the cows come home like we normally do, but they actually did the right thing. And WWE, and we've said this before, they're one of those things where you can rip that. It's like an abusive relationship. You beat, they beat, you know what I mean? It's just, you just get shit on by them as a fan, and then they bust out telling you they love you at the end, you know, with the Reigns thing. So, they do a bunch of stupid shit, and then they just bust out something really, really, really good at a certain stamp, at a certain point. Um, and they did it here. So good, good job, WWE. Absolutely. And, you know, it's one of those things where you're, you, you have a pay-per-view tonight, which is a week after SummerSlam, and everyone is saying, why do we need another pay-per-view seven days later? I know it's part of the 999. It's part of your subscription. Who cares? But it's usually kind of overload. But you know what? Heyman being there, return of reigns. It's a reason to watch when beforehand we spoke on the show, we said it almost kind of laughingly going, we got payback a week after SummerSlam. Why should I care about the show? And now with these returns, there's an interest level. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think, I mean, this show had no momentum going in. Well, it had a little momentum with range there, but now it's like kind of like over the top. So um, you know, obviously they kind of did payback and it, you know, Again, they did a smart thing. They basically made payback like the second half of SummerSlam, essentially. Um, so, yeah, they did a good job pumping it up for, for what they could. And I think a lot of these matches we can talk about, we probably won't talk about. They're not super interesting. They're rematches, things like that. But there are some new matches. There are some interesting matches. And um, this pay-per-view could shape up to be, 
you know, an interesting pay-per-view. I don't think it'll be any blow-away pay-per-view, obviously, but I think it could be interesting, and we could see some thing ha- things happen as a result. I, I, I have to assume we're going to see retribution. Um, you know, we may see a, a tag women's title, tag title change. We may see a, a world title, a uh, universal title change. So there's a lot of things we could see here for sure. Absolutely. And you know what? The other thing I guess I would say is interesting before we get to Zami Zayn quickly is one of the things that we've been reading about and hearing about over the last couple of months was, was, you know, and we saw about it with the, with the releases was that AJ Styles, one of the best workers in the company, the reason he was, he left Monday Night Raw, and this is a he said, she said thing, but he left was because Paul Heyman was in charge. Of course, Paul Heyman was, you know, relieved of his duties, basically, apparently like a week and a half later, you know, Vince McMahon not knowing what he's doing here and there, but uh, he went over to SmackDown. All of a sudden, Paul's on SmackDown. We're going to have a draft in basically a month and a half, apparently in October. But what does this say for the next month and a half until this draft, the two of them on the same show? Was this all a work? Was this, I mean... What do we well, know? Well, I mean, I don't, I don't think it was a work. I think there's a chance Styles might be pissed. Does he go to Raw? Does he wind up on Raw in a month and a half? I mean, I, mean no. I, I think if you're, if you're Vince, first of all, you know, the whole idea that Vince cares about any of these guys is, oh, is sure, just, right. it's just absurd. Um, he's going to do what's best for the company and for him. And, you know, a lot of businesses are like that. It's fine. But, you know, again, let's not, let's not kill ourselves. Um, but I don't know what, what, what the deal with Styles is going to be, but apparently he was very mad. I mean, he stated he was very mad. The quotes are out there. He blames Heyman. Again, we both said at the time, it's ridiculous to blame Heyman for, uh, Gallows and Anderson getting fired because then he got fired. He has no control over who, who stays and who goes. Um, but yeah, maybe they've mended fences. Maybe Heyman and Styles have talked things out and Vince McMahon was a, intermediary or something like that. You know, who knows? That's very possible too. Um, maybe so, yeah. Maybe, maybe not, not Heyman and Styles, but maybe we have Reigns versus Styles leading up to a match at maybe Survivor Series or at Mania. I mean, this could be leading to a big... Yeah, they can, they can make it. Yeah, but I mean, they, yeah, but I mean in terms of like actually like what happened. Oh, I think right. it'd be, I, I agree with that. I think it'd be, I, I think it would be really interesting if they made that into a feud. I think they probably will, um, like they did with the Kofi and Orton thing, and they're they're kind of doing with Biggie and Miz, whatever. Um, but yeah, I, I think maybe they could turn into it. But I think maybe they've had Heyman talk to Styles. It makes sense. You have McMahon involved. You know, you sit at the two guys down in a room. Vince says, "I made a call." Heyman wasn't involved. I'm telling you this for a fact. You know, Styles loves McMahon. What's he gonna do? So maybe they talked it out. Maybe they didn't. Who knows? Maybe Raw. Maybe AJ will be on Raw in a couple of months. Right. But um, you know, we'll see. Uh, you know, either they talked it out or McMahon's like, we're just gonna do this. So we'll yeah. see how things go and if AJ stays on SmackDown for a while because now he's kind of starting to get in limbo with Zayn and Jeff Hardy winning the title and you know, kind of what he's gonna do. And it's the old Eric Bischoff uh, story of the name of his book. Controversy with Kate's cash. We're interested. You know what I mean? Maybe maybe the average fan doesn't know the story by the sayings, but mm-hmm. all the smart marks and everything, the people who write about the stuff are now more interested again. You know, wrestling is kind of, people thought, I mean, dead's not the right word to use after everything's been going on right now, but people weren't caring that much about wrestling. Now people are starting to care about stuff again with some of these stories coming out there. And that's what wrestling needs. They need stories and ideas for people to care about what's going on 
outside and inside the ring with, you know, all of these developing things with Heyman coming back, with Reigns and all these things. Yeah, but we also got to remember the casual fan does not really know about this stuff either. Right, they may not know about The hardcore it. fan starts to get more interested. He, they also start to get the, the less casual fans to talk about it more and may get people to actually maybe care. When they get more excited, you know, when they're base, when they're true hardcore base fans start to get like more excited when they're, when they're not as negative, I think they start to talk about it with other people and they're almost not as ashamed as right now of saying, Hey, look at, look, you know what? I'm sitting in a corner and I'm not even want to talk about this. Yeah. I'll watch, but I'm not going to even try to go bring it up in conversation. Yeah. Maybe you're right. But let's talk quickly about Sami Zayn before we move on about some other subjects. But Sami Zayn uh, has been gone from the company basically since COVID started. Um, he was in Canada. So I guess that's a good sign. Some people who were restricted, who weren't able to leave Canada are able to come back. I don't know other people who might be able to come back within other companies. Um, it's a good sign. I thought he cut a good promo on uh, Talking Smack, which apparently uh, will be a weekly program every Saturday morning. I thought, uh, oh, I miss Talking Smack. Damn it. Because I, I mean, I got used to watching Talking Smack after SmackDown. Um, so it was Saturday morning. So I've got to catch. I've got to catch up with that. I totally missed that. Yeah, one. Xavier Woods becomes the official uh, co-host starting next week. So it was um, the Miz again. They had another okay. segment with um, Biggie. Mm-hmm. Another okay. good segment. They spoke a little bit more about some issues. So right. a good segment there. I mean, they had Matt Riddle on, who was basically a waste of time, but they had uh, was decent, you know a decent thing there. But um, what were they saying there? But it was a it was interesting on the idea. That where where we're going with you know the return and how this company still won't even talk about COVID on the idea that why he was actually gone and basically the whole day show they were just saying oh, he was gone for four months and you know nobody wants anything to do with him even you know Nakamura and Cesaro were like hey you didn't even no one even said hello to him you know you never even communicate with him so it'll be interesting how they deal with him and how they actually use use him now that he's back if this is going to lead to like maybe another ladder match you know for the IC title. Or how, you know, like you said, how AJ Styles gets involved. So it'd be interesting to see how they use him now that he's back. Basically, when he was there the first time, he barely was wrestling. He was more of a mouthpiece for Cesaro and Nakamura. So we'll be see how they use Sami Zayn, who is very good on the mic, but is when healthy, is a great worker. Yeah, no, I, I think they could do some good things with him. Um, you know, is he going to be heel? Is he going to be babyface? Looks like he's going to be more of a heel. Um Maybe this is the time to turn him to a baby face. Um, there's a lot of different things we can do. They can do with him. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll see. Um, but yeah, I, I, obviously it's going to be some type of you know Sami Zayn, Jeff Hardy, AJ Styles for the IC title, which I think is 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 a hot could be a hot angle. Um, all those three of those guys can go in the ring. Sami Zayn and AJ are are good talkers. Um, you know, and Jeff Hardy's established himself now as kind of a guy on SmackDown, you know, and I could see that being the second, second biggest program on SmackDown for sure. So uh, I like where they're going. I think Sami Zayn is a really, really good addition. I'm glad he's back. Um, yeah. So we'll see what happens. Helps that mid card and you know, yeah, I, I, and I don't think he's mid card. I mean, I think, I think he's going to be placed in the upper mid, upper mid card, you know, if, 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 you know, Shorty G is a jobber and uh, the Lucha, Lucha House Party are mid-carders, then I'd put Sami Zayn in the upper, upper mid-card range. Um, so, yeah, we'll see. But uh, it's, it's good he's back. I, I think SmackDown and WWE needs him. 
Absolutely. And we'll follow this, you know, other stories regards to SmackDown and other people who could be returning as the weeks go along. But uh, let's get into, you know, usually our favorite part of the week and some other non-main, well, I guess everything's main roster now, but AW, NXT, and some other smaller promotion stuff for the rest of the program as of now. Um, so let's start with um, NXT Super Tuesday. So aid, uh, NXT is going to have the big four-way match coming up this week to crown a new champion because uh, Karrion Cross, the, the former Killer Cross, um, has a separated shoulder who's going to be out for, I guess, multiple months. He won the title in a match where it looked a little funky. We spoke about it last week, I think, quickly. But um, I, think the, I think they protected him really well on how he looked like a monster and he gave up the title. He said, you know what? It's not over. I'll be back. What do you think of the setup of the four-way? You like the four guys that they put in the match, basically Cole, Gargano, Finn Balor, and um, Adam Cole, Bebe? Yeah, I mean, I, that was Cross's best promo since he's been in NXT. Um, I, I think they should go that direction with promos with him again, where he's kind of talking more like a human being and less like a whatever kind of, you know, whatever they kind of had him talking as. I felt like he was a bit more kind of WWE main roster scripted with his promos in NXT. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I didn't think he, I didn't think he was that way when he gave up the title. Uh, so who knows? Maybe he comes up as a baby face, but um, yeah, I thought they handled it really well. I love the uh, fact that they had promos from each guy during the show as a buildup. I, I mean, a four, a four away, a 60 man Ironman, 60 minute Ironman match. I think that's going to be a blast. And again, a concept I've never, heard of before you know we did have an iron man match this week and uh on impact which was a very good match you should go out of way to check it out with uh jordan grace and diana Peraza. but no i, I i'm i'm really excited i think it could be a really fun match i think it could be a really good match the one thing with these iron man matches that's always a bummer is all the breaks that they throw in there you know so if there's going to be falls that happen with the breaks and you know that could be kind of annoying but i mean these are the four main guys in NXT. These are the four staples of NXT. So I'm excited to see what happens. I think they probably go with Finn Balor, but, you know, they could really go with any of those guys. They really could, um, for sure. So we'll see. But I'm excited for the match. I think they handled it really well. I, mean, I, I totally agree with the idea that they handled the cross thing really well. I mean, because whenever he comes back, he can come back as – the badass babyface going back for his title. He come back as the sinister heel, killing everybody in his return. You know, bringing back with the, the hourglass. You know, leaving victims everywhere. The slow build of his return. I mean, they can bring him back. You know, kind of as they did back in the day with um, Triple H when you know after when he got hurt, where they brought him back. I think they even brought him back as a babyface after being a heel. They, they they did. He got such a big pop at that Royal Rumble that they're like, well, he's a babyface. Yeah. It's, um, I'm, I'm just upset we're not going to see Scarlett um, for, for, for a little while. Many reasons, yes. Yeah, yeah, that's upsetting. Down boy. <laughs> um, but uh, I don't know who you go with this because I don't think there's a bad choice. I mean, I love Adam Cole, Bebe, but I mean, I think if you go back with him right after winning, losing the title after that long run, it feels like you're just running in place. I think Ciampa is better chasing the title right now because I think there's still that story and turning him. I don't know if you just basically turned him into like a Stone Cold Steve Austin character with that vicious beating of J Jake Atlas, you know, so it kind of felt like you turned him like either as an anti, more of an anti-hero 
or as a full, you know, full place heel um, yeah. this past week. Um, Finn Balor, I guess he's your baby face, but, you know, with a bit of an edge. And Ciampa, I'm sorry, and Gargano, I think you may want to put the title on him, but I just don't know if he's over enough right now with this story. So I'm not sure who you put the title on. Yeah, I I think, and you also have to factor in the ratings. And I know, you know, the whole thing, champion doesn't equal ratings, but if you think about it, the champion's going to be on the show more often, right? So that's just kind of like how it's going to go. So, I don't know. I, I think, you know, Finn Balor's had opportunities. He hasn't had the title, but they have kept him strong. You know, um, like he doesn't lose matches often. I think he's only lost – he lost to Damian Priest on the, on the show. No, he beat, he beat Priest, I believe, on a pay-per-view. Yeah. Um, so, he, he hasn't lost other than to yeah. Cole, Adam, other than Adam Cole for the title. So, they've kept him really, really strong. He obviously is one of the main eventers on NXT. You know, um, I, I think probably he'd be the right person to give. He's, you know, he's kind of a baby face. Um, he'd probably be the right person to give the title to. And then you could immediately do a Champa versus uh, Balor feud, which would feel fresh, which we – maybe they've wrestled, but I don't think we've seen an out-and-out feud from them. So I think that could be interesting. So maybe a Balor-Champa program they start up. So there's different ways they could go. But and if they give the title to any of those guys – other than maybe Cole, because he just had it. Right. And I think they need to figure out what to do with Cole, like what he's going to be. Uh, is he going to be more of a baby face? Because one thing that we kind of talked about pre-show, NXT is in dire need of baby faces. So, you know, um, I, I think they need to figure out what Cole's going to be and what Undisputed is going to be before they just give him the title. Uh, but any of the other three guys, I can easily see having the title. Cole, for me, would be a, a, a big surprise. I mean, because you, know, you just brought something interesting there, because – in the segment on last week's show, and we'll go this really quickly here, was what Undisputed Era had their match. Uh, Kyle O'Reilly had his match against uh, Drake Maverick. Adam Cole wasn't there with them, and Undisputed Era was still acting like heels. So I don't know if this McAfee match was the beginning of possibly a Cole babyface turn, but you know, yeah. they were still. But, that, but then O'Reilly himself was. They were they were beating up uh, Maverick, and O'Reilly want, didn't want that to happen anymore. So right. maybe they turn on Kyle O'Reilly, who, listen, he was a main eventer in Ring of Honor. Right. And he has the ability to be like a funny guy. He's a funny guy. He's, I mean, he's fantastic in the ring, obviously. Um, you know, I think with the NXT audience, I think he could definitely be a, a, you know, a pretty big baby face. So maybe that's one direction they go to. But I also agree with you. It's interesting to see Adam Cole not out there with them uh, during that match. Maybe that tells you something. Yeah, so, I mean, it'll be interesting because he's been a heel for such a long time. It'll be a new aspect to his character, so. I mean, he's been a heel forever. <laughs> like, he's been a heel, you know, the kingdom, the bullet club, undisputed error. He's a stable guy for sure. Um, I mean, he hasn't been a babyface since he first won the Ring of Honor title. So, it's it's been a long time. So, we'll, we'll see what they do with him, but. I think he obviously could be a, easily a tremendous, tremendous baby face. So, um, you know, we'll see. Yeah, so but let's, let's bring up the uh, other point that you just said that I wanted to talk about. The lack of top baby face on NXT. I actually, bro- I actually printed out uh, yesterday. Corey, Corey printed it out. He could look at it on the computer, but he decided to print it out. Go ahead. Multiple screens open, so I didn't want to slow up my, my aging computer any more than it was. <laughs> fair um, enough, fair enough. So these are... 
our, I'll do this quickly, our baby faces on the NXT page. So are you going to give us every single one? No, no, I'll do it quickly. All right, thank God. Now, Bronson Reed, who they're starting to put over. I don't know if he's a main event babyface yet. Damian Priest has a secondary title. We've got Balor. Drake Maverick is a basically a nobody again. Swerve Scott, Kushida. Those are your guys. And all, right, well, all right, let's go over one guy at a time. Sure. All right, first guy, Bronson Reed, mid-level guy right now. Next guy. Um, Damian Priest. Damian Priest. Okay. Obviously, he's a guy that they're pushing, but – also, I guess he's a baby face. He, he wants to live forever. So I guess he's a baby face, but they're still working that part out. So he's a newer baby face, but obviously a guy that they are, are pushing. Next guy. Finn Balor is in your title picture. Finn Balor, main event guy. I guess he's a baby face too. Um, they, they have a lot of, I guess he's a baby face. The, the main eventers seem to be, I guess they're baby faces. But okay, next guy. Drake Maverick, who's basically a jobber. He's a, he's a jobber. Next. Swerve Scott, who they don't know what they want to do with. They have no idea what they want to do with. Swerve Scott could be a um, definitely a solid mid-card. And I guess he is a solid mid no, I don't know. If I, no. You could say he is or not because the whole Cruiserweight division can be funny. A solid mid-card uh, babyface. But they also haven't done a lot with him in terms of promos and vignettes. So they need to kind of heat him up a little bit. And the guy who should be your answer, but he doesn't speak English, so it hurts. Kushida, who they never use. We use. They use like once every two months. Yeah. I don't know what's going on with Kushida. I don't, I don't totally understand. I, totally, I don't totally understand what, what happened with him. I know he doesn't speak the language. But Io Shirai, I don't know about you, but she's over. Okay. I don't know if you've seen Asuka in Raw, but she's over. Oh. She doesn't speak, barely speaks any English. I'm ready for Asuka. That's all, that's all she says in English. But she's yeah. over. So, I don't know. He can get over without speaking. Nakamura did as a baby. Like, I don't know. I think it's a I, – I, again, we were worried about Kushida when he signed, whether this would work out for him. Um, you know, and the, as far as the Japanese male wrestlers, the female wrestlers, other than maybe Kairi Sane, Sane have been very successful. Um, so maybe, you know, uh, as the, the guys, as far as the males, you have Nakamura who's been a success. Um, Kenta, who was a disaster. But that was a lot of injuries lot and of stuff. Um, and then um, – but – but, and I'll say this, Kenta, when he did the go to sleep in like, I think it was WrestleMania weekend, like I remember they, they, put, they put that on, you know, it was put on Twitter, the crowd was going absolutely apeshit. So I think Kenta would have eventually gotten there, or if he was healthy, he would have stayed over, because he was over. It wasn't like nobody liked him, but then he got hurt. So, again, that was a bust, but I don't know if that was even NXT's fault. He kind of blames them. I understand it. And then Kushida, who I think has, has been, been a bust. Um, I, I, you know, I, I don't know. Um, I, 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 I don't know what they're doing with Kushida. I think they could heat him up. I think these, they do these vignettes with him, talking in Japanese. He's a great guy. I think the crowd would still be into him. Uh, but they have, they have to make him mean something. So and it's 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 almost like a thing too with the cruiserweight title where guys get stuck in that cruiserweight purgatory as well because um, Santos Escobar is obviously really over but I don't know I feel like he should be going for the NXT title not the cruiserweight I mean the cruiserweight title should almost be I I don't, I don't know I I don't know. I know we're getting off on, I'm getting off on a tangent here but yeah Kashida they need to they need to make him mean something and I don't think giving him the cruiserweight title would do that by the way. I mean, you know, it might just to give him a title, give him a little credit, and then you, 
and he goes further up to North American moving up. And your other guys, just quickly, are Pete Dunne, who's stuck in England, and your other ones are Loomis, who you know doesn't talk and maybe might be hurt. And he's creepy. Like, and he's a, he's a creeper. Yeah. L- Lorkin and Birch, who are great talents, but are basically one, two. guys. One, two. And you got, you know, the guys who finally won the tag team titles and Reasons are, and uh, Fandango. Mid-cards. Mid-cards, yeah. Mid-cards, yeah. And you just, and your biggest baby face, and maybe the face of the company, for the brand, and, you know, Chompa, you just made most likely, you know, a heel. So, I mean... Unless you're bringing someone down, like you know, a guy who's never who's used terribly in Gable, to be you know a, you know a big time babyface is a great you know collegiate wrestler. I don't know what you're you know. It's hard to go and yeah. maybe that's the reason why you got to put the title on Balor because you have all of these big time heels to feud with him. I mean, you know? Corey, one of the things that we saw and we talked about this in the pre-show too is every couple of months NXT would get a guy, right? Uh, Nakamura, uh, Kevin Owens, a uh, Finn Balor. A Kenta every six months or so, twice a year, maybe more. You know, an Adam Cole, a Drew McIntyre. When's the last time they've had that? They haven't had a big, impactful free agent new guy. You know, Santos Escobar has been great, um, but but he's. I, I think we love him, but I, he's not to the level of a Samoa Joe, a Finn Balor. He doesn't have that cred. So when's the last time they've brought in a guy and they bring him in and he's an instant main eventer? Nakamura, Samoa Joe, Finn Balor, Adam Cole, Drew McIntyre. No, they've brought nobody like that in lately. And obviously, independent wrestling, we know what's going on with coronavirus. We, we, we get it. But I think that that's hurt them, that there isn't anyone they've brought in. I guess you could say Karrion Cross. He might have been that answer, yeah. I, I guess I, I wouldn't put him there. Uh, personally, um, they did give him the title, but I, but again, that shows you who they're pushing, right? I mean, I I think if Karen Cross would have been brought up three years ago, or if he would have been there three years ago, he wouldn't have gotten this push because they had all these guys there. Yeah. Um, so I, I think the lack of I think the lack of, you know, I love Champa, I love Gargano. But the lack of star, like star guys, is you know now Keith Lee, he's gone. Dijak, who I think they could have kept moving along, and I think they never really fulfilled what he could have been in NXT. He's yes, gone. They're all, they're all, Riddle, he another guy, he's gone. So they're losing guys, but they're not. They're they're losing stars on their brand, but they're not replacing them with stars in their brand. Um, I mean, they're almost trying to make the women the stars. Rhea Ripley, Mercedes Martinez, Raquel Gonzalez, Dakota Kai. I mean, it's becoming a really strong – I mean, it's always been a strong women's brand, but it's becoming even stronger. We saw it at the end where Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai finished out NXT. Maybe that's part of it, too. They're like, hey, we, we don't have strong tag teams. Um, we don't have a lot of depth in our men's division. But our women's division is fantastic. So maybe that's what they push for. They kind of become an alternative thing. Um, so, so, yeah, no, it's interesting. But they definitely have a lack of stars in their brand. Lack and, of baby faces and lack of stars. And you wonder, you know, I don't know if it's even post-coronavirus, if that ever hopefully crossing one's fingers that happens. I mean, I don't know what the situation with MLW is with, like, do they take a chance and maybe try to get back like a Harry Smith or – 
you know, a, a hammer. I don't know what Hammerstone's, you know, situation. He just re, he just resigned oh, with the right. Like a guy like a Jacob Fatu signed there long term, you know. Pillman Jr. I don't think Pillman Jr. is not really. I think he. I think once he figures out the situation, I think he might go to AW. All the experience he's had on there. I mean, a guy who, and we'll get off this subject quickly because we got a lot of other things we have to take care of. But even though it's a really interesting topic, I mean, Jacob Fatu would have been the perfect guy for the minute. Absolutely. He would have. Yeah. I mean, he would have been the fucking perfect guy. Now it looks like he's resigned. Um, with MLW, it looks like they resigned Hammerstone as well. Uh, Pillman Jr. is gonna be. Looks like he's gonna be gone soon. Davy Boy Smith looks like he's gonna be gone soon. None, neither one of those guys are are stars. I think Fatu is a different level. Um, I got one name for you though, and because he's in many interviews, he said he has signed a deal with the company, but because of the pandemic, nothing's happening right now. I know he's. I know he's very. He's a short guy. The world's smallest monsters, we used to call them. You think a Jeff Cobb would be a difference maker? NXT. I think he'd be a really. I think he'd be good for them to have. I think he'd be an. I mean, we're. I if we're comparing him to Finn Balor, Samoa Joe, Adam Cole, like he's not. I mean, he's not there. You know, Adam Cole is a leader of the Bullet Club and Ring of Honor. Uh, he's a two-time Ring of Honor champion. Finn Balor started the Bullet Club. Samoa Joe, main eventer for years. I don't think he's that level of, of guy. Um, I, I think I think Fatu could be, and the only reason why I say that is because he has the in-ring ability. He has the charisma. I mean, we saw Jacob Fatu live, and he was supposed to be the heel, and everybody was cheering for him uh, at MLW. Like, he has a charisma about him, um, in my opinion, that I think is star level. I don't know if Jeff Cobb has that. I think Jeff Cobb is a really good wrestler. I don't know that he has that level of charisma yet. So, um, but I think he'd be great. I think he'd be great for NXT. He'd be a guy that they could absolutely use. And if they, you know, did the right things with him, I think he'd be over. So, yeah, he definitely would be a good guy for them. But I, I feel like, yeah, I feel like Cobb's still biting his time. I don't know if he's signed anywhere, right? I think is he still like kind of a free agent? Uh, he said on um, Figure Four Daily, he said that he has signed with a company pre-pandemic and the contract is still valid. But because of different things, he wasn't officially going to say where it was. So he's still working with, uh, like he's working with the New Japan US shows, but he's he has signed a deal with someone, but he wasn't a, at this time, I'm going to say where it was. So, so he might be he might be in NXT in a couple of months. I mean, more than likely, I would say AEW, but who knows? AEW has a date. You let's never sign, know. Let's sign some women. It's rough, <laughs> rough, some rough matches lately. Yeah, let's let's be honest here. So, but but speaking of guy, a guy who might have been really good in uh, in NXT right now. Let's let's talk a little uh, AEW and. I thought it was a really another good show. Uh, their final show, at least for this time period, on not on Wednesday. Let's talk about that MJF Moxley segment. It was a so, by the way, I thought it was a solid show, and I think it was a really good show. I, mean, I didn't think it was a really good show at all. But anyway, go ahead. All right, solid. Not not all right. Um, a lot of things we'll be talking about this week on, on the show. Maybe that shows on how good of a wrestling show it was. I thought it was more of a story development show than an actual wrestling show. Um, MJF Moxley segment. What'd you think of that? I, I thought it was a really wonderful, really well done segment. I thought MJF was good. I thought Moxley was really good on showing on 
being uh, the badass baby face that he is. Yeah. Continually showing that he is, maybe you'll just, I think you actually said this to me. He's kind of the stone cold of their company. Yeah. yeah. And he outsmarting the heel. And you know what? I, I if the, and this is one of the other things that I would say, it's almost going to sound me being two faced. If WWE told me I'm seeing next week, you know, their champion versus a non-wrestling character, the lawyer, I'd be like, Oh God, I'm going to sit through this crap. But the way they did it, Moxley seeming smart and cunning. I'm actually, I want to see this lawyer get, get the, you know, the, sh- the shit kicked out of him for yeah. like three I, minutes. I, I don't care about the lawyer, but the one thing I did like that they do, the WWE loves making uh, baby faces look like assholes. Oh yeah, absolutely. And he'll always has the upper hand and he has that where, where Moxley's like, okay, I'll sign your contract. And then I'm going to beat the hell out of the lawyer and I'll still beat you without the paradigm shift. That's what baby faces are supposed to do, right? So I don't care about the lawyer match. I will fast forward through that match. But I think it's good that they're, because I don't think they've even established the lawyer as like a, a guy. So, but, you know, that's, that's whatever. Um, you know, uh, I, I, I think the one thing I, I enjoyed the segment for sure. Uh, it's funny though, MJF's logic was interesting where he said, like, I'm going to out wrestle you. And I'm like, well, you know, he's been a champion for a long time. Uh, and, you know, he's pretty good at wrestling. So he's like, you're the wild man, but I'm just going to out-wrestle you. So it's like, his logic wasn't necessarily, like, there. But um, I did enjoy the promo. I enjoyed both guys. Um, yeah, and it'll be, it, it'll be interesting to see what happens at All Out. But, yeah, I thought, it was a, I thought it was a solid segment for sure. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I, I think both these guys are really working really well. I didn't love the fact, like I said, two weeks ago that they touched. I would have liked the fact if they hadn't touched this whole way through. I mean, I well, I think they, I, well, I think they did it to set up the, you know, oh, set up what they, what, set up whatever. So I, so I don't, I, yeah, I, I don't, yeah, obviously. You, bill, I, but, you know, right. Yeah. And again, AW continues to do really good. They just do really good storytelling. They really do a good job of telling stories um, without necessarily rushing things. Uh, and not, not every time. Um, but but oftentimes, more times than not, they've done really good with the storytelling. Yeah, and like I said, it helped develop. I'm really looking forward to that match. Uh, now, something that I don't know if we'll agree with or not, but what was your thoughts on the Dark Order uh, segment? I really did not like the segment. Uh, I thought it was Corey. I, after that that hot segment, I, I thought, you know, what's Scorpio Sky doing there? I, I thought it was, you know, Matt Cardona does nothing for me. I know that these are his buddies who are going to stand up for him and they want to get them on their pay-per-view. And we actually guessed that it might be some type of you know, multi-man match or, you know, whatever. I don't know. I, you know and again, he brutally talking about when I was home, you know, I was home uh, because of people like you, but he was supposed to be like the exalted one. Like, so even like his logic, then he's, he's, he's back to talking about how no one believed in him. Talk about starting the dark order. Say that you've started this for a long time, that this was your idea for a long time because people like you have been be- been held down and you started this organization for people like you. It was all about like, I was, you know, I came for, it was like the Brian Myers thing. It was like the same WWE promos that we've heard um, of uh, Vince didn't believe in me and now look at me. It's like I, the logic I didn't think was, was there at all. I, I thought it was... I, I think it was fine. Like I'm like I'm not like oh my god that was a terrible promo. But I think coming off of such a good freaking angle, 
um, I, I thought it left me wanting more. And I, I didn't, I, again, I didn't love Brody Lee's logic. Um, I thought he had an amazing promo several weeks ago uh, before he wrestled Cody. But he, but this whole, like, this whole, like, ugh, you know, they, they're, Tony Schiavone, because the people like you, I was held down. I'm like, man, how many times do we have to hear this same promo from XWWE guys? See, I've taken, see, I, I don't disagree with you that, see, I, I've taken it from a different direction here. I thought the segment itself wasn't bad. I thought it was a little too long, and I thought that it was a little too much comedy in it. I mean, I know that a lot, I mean, and I'll, once again, I, I'm going to be talking from two sides of my mouth here, because I really love the stuff that they do on being the elite, and and I always think that the stuff that you do with being the elite and the road to series and all the stuff that you do on social media should, should uh, kind of come together because these are all ways to go and promote your product. But I think that it bled in a little bit too much with the comment. I think, like, I think John Silver and Reynolds and a lot of these guys in dark order have really good comedy and the stuff they do on being the elite really works well. But I think some of the, the inside jokes on there were in need for this segment, you know? And I think, and I guess the other part that I had a problem with is that you just made Brody the champion. And I think that he should have a one-on-one -on -one match for that title at the pay-per-view. Against, against who? Either Cordona or Scorpio Sky or... Well, Scorpio one, Sky just had it. They can't have him, they can't have him lose again. Or you, know, or, or, you know, I have no problem with him. Matt Cordona. Oh. You just show me how dominant of a champion he is. Let, let him kill somebody. He's still, you know. Yeah, but you also want to get the other guys. You also want to get. That's what annoyed me about the. That's what annoyed me about the show core about the promo, is that he didn't put over the dark order, where the he said at one point we're the most dominant organization. That that's like the only thing he said about the dark order. Put over the dark order. Put over your group. When when they talked about the four horsemen, or they talked about the, you know the bullet club. We, the Bullet Club, are the best. We, the Four Horsemen, are the best. He's talking about himself as the best, and I get that. But you don't have Tully Blanchett and Arn Anderson and Barry fucking Wyndham, right? You have someone named Ten and Stu Unger and, and, and Grayson, right? Who they're still establishing. Put those guys over as well as yourself. And I, I, I just don't think they – and that's – I just don't think they did a good job of that. Um, you know, Brody Lee slapping the guy, slapping um, Reynolds or whichever, whichever one of them. I didn't mind that because that's, that's like, I'm, I'm the badass here, but also you have to still, cause he can put them over while then setting the example by having like an iron fist and stuff. I don't mind that, but you still have to put them over. Like they don't, he doesn't do that enough. So he put over Anna J harder than anyone in the group. Well, he's hotter than any, she's hotter than anybody else in the group. Uh, yeah, but that, that and I take Conti's segment was weird too. Yeah, I don't disagree. I, yeah, that, that was I, weird. But 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 anyway, it, it wasn't a bad segment. I want to make that clear. It wasn't like oh my god, this segment. This is this is uh, retribution with the chainsaw. Like it wasn't. It wasn't that. I just think we're talking about going from good to great, right? And I think AW easily in some of these segments can go from good to great because they're already all good. Um, so. Yeah, so uh, quickly, once again, I think they had a nice little continuing the build for Thunder Rosa and Sheeta, another contract sign. I, that's one thing I, this company does really well with contract signings. 
You don't have to put someone through a table or have a big fight for the thing to mean something. You know, that's something that WWE for years has decided that contract signings are just a sign for a brawl. Quick, simple thing with Billy Corgan doing the voiceover leads more to the idea that maybe we could have a continued idea of something going down the line with yeah. NWA Absolutely. and them. So, which I think could help both companies. They made it seem like a big deal. Yeah. They made it feel like this is a big match. They had all these people talk. They put over Thunder Rosa really hard. Um, and hopefully AEW fans or AEW people are like, oh, let me go back and watch Thunder Rose. And they've watched her matches and they're like, okay, yeah, she's really good. Um, yeah, they made it seem like a big deal. They put it over hard. Uh, they did a, they did a great job. And I love simple video packages like that. You don't need it to be 10 minute promos, you know, with two people facing off very simple. Um, you know, very well done. I, and again, that's what I'm talking about. With, with Brody Lee, right? That could have been, Brody Lee uh, promo could have been great. I thought it was good. I think this segment um, with, with, the, with the women, I thought, it was, I thought what they did was fantastic. So last thing on this stuff. This Wednesday, your go-home show. We've had two weeks of packages for this match. Do you want, and Thunder Rose, I think, is a really good promo. Above average, even more than above average, for, for, especially for a female performer, do you want to actually see her with her mic in her hand in front of a live audience, as much as they have, actually speaking in front of the crowd, you know, to finally get this match over? Or are you okay with just another promo package? I don't think we need it. I don't think it's necessary. Okay. I think the promo packages have been good enough. You need to do another promo package, but I don't think um, – You don't want to – I, I don't think I don't think she need you know she could do a backstage you know she doesn't have to fly to Florida or whatever wherever you know uh, she could do something um, you know a backstage vignette or something from her home or whatever they have her from her home cutting a promo um, you know basically so saying I'll see you in a couple of days and I'll be there to kick your ass and blah 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 and have the NWA title in the background and yeah so they, they, she doesn't need to be there uh, I would like to hear from her. Maybe a little more, but she doesn't need to be there. They could do, like, the promo she did a couple of weeks ago, which I thought was very effective. Okay, and uh, quickly, last thing from AEW. I didn't love – I mean, I love the story progression, but I didn't – I re- I love the match leading up to it, but I did not like the way that they did the uh, Hangman Page uh, costing the Bucks the match. I thought it was kind of just, like, there. I mean, and I thought Matt Jackson was not a great actor to begin with, but I thought it was re- – the whole tight thing with Hangman Page was really done kind of like – all right, we have a pay-per-view. We really have to set this up to uh, figure out that, all right, we've been setting this up for months. Henry Page, you're out of the elite. You're dumb because you let uh, FTR trick you into giving them a title shot. Yeah, I thought – I think – yeah, I agree. I – if Page I mean, wasn't – the problem is if Page wasn't the champion, it would make sense. But he's the champion – and then he's like, oh, well, I want my buddies to go. Like, he just looks like a complete idiot. Looks like a goof, yeah. He looks like a real goof. And I think if you're eventually trying to have him stand out as, like, a single star and lead this group with FTR, which I think they'll, they would be some type of stable, you would think. Like, you don't want him to look like a like – he just looks like a jerk. He looks stupid. Um, I don't know. I, I, I think – and I know they're trying to do this thing, you know, you know, and Jason Powell pointed this out, obviously preventing FTR from the Young Bucks to wrestle each other. But they could have done that another way. They could have had 
the train goes by. Um, they could have had the best friends, you know, win by luck. They didn't have to have Paige. I, and again, I, I'm, let's give them some time because we've we've shown that they've done we've seen that they've done a good job with these long term stories. It just seemed like they kind of hot shotted it. So I, I agree with you. I, I did like the segment though with uh, the Young Bucks and Paige in the bar. I did like that segment because the Young Bucks have kind of been goofs. So they're goofs a lot of times. They're a lot of times they don't seem like they take things seriously, you know, whatever. And they showed a lot of fire there. And it's, you know, they mentioned like how he wanted out. They kind of mentioned being the elite a little bit about how he wanted out. Uh, Cause you know, that was a storyline on being the elite. Uh, so I don't know. I, I, I thought they showed good fire there. They're not good actors, but I, <laughs> I think they showed good fire there. You know what segment I did not, what match I did not like? Uh, Corey, that handicap, that handicap match was absolutely dreadful. And I like Big Swole, and she's had some good matches. They, that was a dreadful. And also, how does that make Penelope Ford look? Didn't she went for the title a couple, what, a month ago, two months ago? Well, that, now she can't win. Now she can't win in a handicap match. Yeah. She got she got literally big swole like tossed her out of the ring like garbage, like how Lee Johnson would get would get uh, would get tossed out. I I think I, that feud had a lot of momentum, but I feel like what they've been doing I think they're kind of running out of ideas um, because Britt Baker's been hurt for so long. I think they've run out of ideas, and it I mean Big Swole has no now I'm going against Rebel twice. Like that's we don't need do it once. We don't need her to go against her twice within in any type of uh, you know time period. So yeah. I I think that I think that feud really has I think it's really lost some steam. I really I really do. And it's gonna be interesting to see what they do and how they build that up in the final week before All Out, which is one week away. We've got All Out this is coming Saturday. Then uh, next Sunday, we've got NFL. Um, we're all excited and pumped for that. Um, is, it really next, is it really next Sunday? Oh, no, Sunday after. We got, oh, I was like, you got me, you got me a little too – got got you got me a little hot and bothered there. doesn't take much. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Not when you mention NFL, man. Then I, I'm, all, I'm, all, I'm all hot and bothered. We've got payback tonight. We've got uh, all out next Saturday, which we were supposed to be at. Then the following Sunday is uh, NFL. Yep. Yeah. Thursday, Thursday, September 10th, it starts. Yes. The Chiefs are a 10 and a half point favorite. That's a lot of points, by the way, guys. If you're, you know, if you're, if you're in a state that is, it's legal to gamble on, 10 and a half points, a lot of points there. I think, uh, I think Houston covers the spread. Or if you could, or if you uh, can, you know, go across uh, the bridge and, uh, make, <laughs> or if you have a friend who uh, can make one for you. But yeah, no. uh, those are subjects that we're not talking about at the moment. But so let's do a couple of quick hitters before we get out of here today. Um, ROH did a bunch of tapings last week, and as a result of the tapings in Maryland, as far as we know, there were no problems with the COVID testing or anything else, but they are bringing back the ROH Pure title, which was basically, I guess, their, uh, their secondary title, which was held by people such as Nigel McGuinness and uh, Daniel, Daniel Bryan, at that time known as Bryan Danielson. Well, how, so I've been watching Ring of Honor for probably since the Kevin Owens era. So that's, I mean, how many years ago is this? Eight years ago? It was, Seven I think it was right before that. They, they combined the titles. They had a match between Nigel and Daniel Bryant 
Brian Danielson, Jesus Christ, uh, to go and combine the titles. Okay, and they, com- they combine the titles. Yeah, so the title's been gone for a long time. I, it's great they're doing this tournament. Do we need this many titles? Now we have three singles titles. We have a six-man title. We have a tag title and a woman's title. You, we, I, I don't know if we talked about it in the show or this was off air, all the titles, like uh, companies having too many titles. And I told you, WWE, you say they have too many titles, but I told you they didn't because the titles are for each show. So I think, you know, having a world title, a secondary title, and then a, you know, a woman's title, and then the tag titles, which switch back and forth. I, I think that that's fine. Ring of Honor, little few too many titles. Well, I think, I think we know the reason why, though. I mean, unless I'm wrong, is it Rush, the, uh, the champion of Ring of Honor right now? Last time I checked, isn't he the champion? He is. Isn't he in Mexico? The pure thing was, I think, supposed to be before the pandemic. They, oh, okay. Mar- girls talked about bringing that back uh, from before. So they oh, were supposed to bring God. this. Yeah, they were, they were supposed to bring this back. I'm, I, am, I could be wrong, but I'm almost, I am 95% sure they talked about bringing this back before the pandemic. Actually, I'm almost sure they did because I remember reading about, about Skrull talking about bringing it back. Oh, okay. And he was supposed to, I think he was supposed to win it, but. Oh, okay. Don't even know if he's at these tapings now. He's, 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 and apparently that's the thing, too. He's not. Okay. He's not there. They're still doing this investigation, which is, you know, the longest investigation of all time. Um, but they, they need to figure this out, you know, with him because he's a, he's a, he's a top star. So they need to figure out what to do with him. Hey, ROH might still be doing the uh, Bully Ray investigation about, you know, the fans uh, with Velvet Sky. And he's, and yeah, they take their time. And these tapings are going to be, they're going to, they're going to be on um, September 12th, right? They're starting September 12th, eight week tournament, 16 man tournament. Uh, I didn't get a chance to look at who's in a tournament. I know Jay Lethal and a bunch of other guys are, but. You know, it's funny. They, it's funny. They, were, they tape these shows. Why can't they have these shows out next week? I guess they have to edit, maybe. I guess they're, they, I guess they're in the process of editing, putting the shows together editing-wise. Takes them two weeks to edit the show? It's, I guess maybe they're doing a bunch of different things. I don't know. Yeah. But um, it'll be interesting to see uh, how will these shows develop. You know, I don't know. You know, and it'll be interesting to see we have more wrestling coming back and see what the buzz will be from these shows. I mean... And it's, I don't think this is a big spoiler because EC3, I believe, uh, has commented on his – said that he was at these at these tapings. So uh, I don't know if EC3 will be part of the uh, the pure, to- uh, pure title tournament, but EC3 was at this set of tapings. So it'll be interesting to see what type of things that happened and if there'll be any integration with uh, the NWA because before the pandemic happened, NWA was doing some stuff with Nick Aldis – and everything else doing a lot of stuff is, is that going to be the headline for their show uh you know marty Skrull against uh nick aldis all right so and leading into the next subject that we had quickly we found out that uh nick aldis next challenger on september 15th at the uh nwa uh united wrestling uh basically i guess their first primetime live taping or pay-per-view it will be nwa world champion nick aldis will be facing recently cut or released uh, the miracle, Mike, Mike Bennett. What's your thoughts on Mike Bennett as the uh, first challenger for uh, Nick Aldis? I think it's a good move. I think it's good for Mike Bennett. Um, I think he, he's needed a, I mean, basically since he signed a WWE contract, he's needed a change from the WWE. So, um, 
I, I thought he was a guy that you know I we've talked about maybe on the show, maybe maybe you know uh, at, you know not, not on the show, the previous iteration of the show, but he's a guy that had a lot of potential. You know, he can talk well enough. He can certainly work well. He's you know good looking guy. Whatever you thought, like he'd be a guy who would be would have been successful in the WWE, but that never happened for him. Obviously, he did have his substance abuse issues, which I think may have been a factor too. But sounds like he's clean and his life's good. You know. So I, I think, yeah, I think it could be a solid match. I don't know, work rate that this will be the most amazing match in the world, but I think it's, it's a good way to get kind of NWA started again. Now, I, and now we talked about this, Corey. I don't know if you know this. Do you have any more details on this NWA, like how they're going to set this up with pay-per-view? Have they announced anything? See, that's the thing. And I, I even commented on one of the posts that people were putting up with matches. I think the big thing on this show is you could have the best talent in the world on the show and they – have Hammerstone from MLW defending his, one of his secondary titles. I'm sorry, I don't, I don't know the title that's being defended. He has a match, Thunder Roses on the show. Independent wrestler Chris Dickerson, who's had a lot of good matches over the last year or so, is on this show. So they've got a lot of good talent on the show, but they still haven't set the price point. And you could have the best show in the world, but if your price point is too high, no one's going to buy this show. You know, so I mean, I don't know, I don't know what the right price point is. I don't know if you do some sort of deal where if you buy all four shows, it's like, you know, $14 for the all four, you know, I don't know what your price point should be. That's not my area of expertise, but that's going to be the thing that kills this or it makes it a success, you know? Yeah, no, I agree. I'm, um, I'm just looking at their NWA's website. It'd be great if they had like a 10 pounds of gold um, thing with Bennett, um, but that is not, that is not on here. Yeah, no, they're, I mean, their stuff is, the website is, not great at all. Um, right. I mean, I think most of this stuff is taking place on the United Wrestling uh, Network's uh, page, I think. But um, yeah, and- so it, it's just it's just you would like them to get um, a little bit more buzz. So maybe they it, and maybe that'll start. But you know, they've got to they've got to figure that out. And yeah, I mean, Dave Marquez, who was on NWA, is the founder of this United Wrestling Network. So. And one of the things that I found very interesting, and I could see, I brought this up, I think, a couple weeks ago on the show. I don't think they'll do it, but I think it would be a great advertisement for this, is if Thunder Rosa won the title and the rematch is on this show. I mean, I, it might be a little, you know, then you have Sheeta win the title back or something. You know, I could see that, you know, that could be a, or you could, you know, have her fa- try to, you know, you could have, make it a best of three series. She went to this, and then she challenges her for her for the NWA title on that show, or you know you could do some sort of cross promoting. But I think it's a really interesting proposition. I mean, I watched the show on YouTube. As far as we've been, you know, reading stuff on this promotion, they'll still have the NWA Power Show when that comes back. So I mean, it's not going to affect the YouTube thing. But you know, we'll see how many people watching NWA Power will go and actually take that next step and actually pay for the product. So that, that yeah, can, and when's it, when's the show again? Uh, September 15th. So it's basically 10 days after, uh, all out. Okay. Yeah. Not a ton of buzz. So I guess they'll have to try to heat, heat it up and maybe they'll, they'll get some buzz as a result, but, um, you know, I'm not seeing much. I'm like, look, you're just kind of looking online for stuff. Mm-hmm. You gotta make this stuff. The, Workshoot Wrestling Podcast should be more easily accessible than figuring out what this NWA situation is going to be. Uh-huh. So they need to figure, they need to get their, their, their stuff a little bit figured out. But 
you know, you got to trust the NWA that they will. They've obviously been very successful with their show. So, you know, we'll see how this goes. I'm not paying $10, $15, $20 for a show, probably. Yeah, not, not for, for one show. Not for pay, one show. Would you pay, you know, $10 or $15 for if it was for, for, for like four shows for the month? I guess maybe. But is it just matches? Is it storylines? Is it, am I getting NWA power? If it's NWA power, then I might pay it. If but it's, I'm, if it's, if, if, I think that will still be on YouTube. So. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know what iteration this is going to be, but they're sure as hell going to have to sell us on this pretty quickly. Absolutely. Uh, so uh, I believe we have time for one or two more quick stories before we, uh, we call it a day. Um, so as we get closer to the, the G1, everyone's to a major, you know, the, the smart marks out there and the more aggressive wrestling fans. Uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling had their summer struggle in Jingu, I believe it's called, stadium show uh, this past weekend. And they basically shook up their titles. They went and uh, the evil uh, experiment, at least for right now, is over. Double championship went back to uh, Naito. Uh, they went and I don't know if it was because of injury. They took the title off of Hiromo, uh, Hiromo and they uh, took the never title off of um, Shingo. So, I mean, they went and rearranged some stuff here. What's your, I know you didn't get to see the match yet, but now, who, so who are the cha- who are the champions now? Naito, Naito, um, Minoru Suzuki's your uh, never title, of course, and um, oh Jesus, I forgot the uh, from the Bullet Club is your uh, your crew. oh uh, Ishimori, yes, who is okay. amazing. Ishimori is amazing. Yeah, yeah, he's great. He's great. Um, okay. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the, uh, I mean, the juniors title doesn't matter. The never title doesn't matter in terms of the G one. Um, yeah, it's funny that that Naito won the, the. Maybe they did this with Evil. They wanted to shake things up. They wanted to make a main event guy. I don't know if giving the title for a month makes a guy a main event. It's similar to what they did with Jay White, where he won the title and lost it very right. quickly after. Because this is Evil's like her first title defense, right? Right. Uh, second. Uh, Second, so I mean, um, yeah, I, I the G1 will be interesting. I mean, because we're gonna it's gonna be a lot of Japanese guys, yeah. so maybe they have some young lions in there, you know, maybe they have uh, you know, up, some up and I think we're gonna have to see some up and comers. I, I, I don't think this could just be all the same guys. Um, and man, it's just G1 is gonna be gonna look a lot different. Maybe you have a I don't know. Maybe you have some a European G1. Uh, I'd love for them to have like a European G1 and a US G1, and you combine them all. Or like have the winners of each one like face each other or something. I mean that could be. I mean that'd be interesting. Yeah, because of course I'll be honest with you. Like if this G1's all, you know, the the Japanese guys, and we don't have any. There's no stars from anywhere else. There's no Will Osprey. There's no Jay White. There's no, you know, I don't even know if is Kenta gonna be there. I mean, I guess he could because. What'd you say? Oh, he's here. He won the U.S. Cup for the uh, the shot at. Uh, but that's that's what I mean. Like that. That's what I mean. I don't know if Kenta's in the U.S., so I don't know if he could if if he can even be in the tournament. Right. Because uh, I think his family like loves here. Right. So I, if if all those guys are out, you know that's you know, it could make for not a great tournament. Um, 
it'll still be good. Like the matches will still be good, but I think you're going to lose a little bit. So again, maybe it's a chance for them to elevate guys who are, you know, haven't been elevated in the past, you know, kind of like evil getting the title. Um, so yeah, this will be uh, an interesting G1 for sure. Uh, also, how do they plan, right? Like, so Russell Kingdom's in January. Supposedly, there's going to be some vaccine by then. I don't, I don't see that happening, but that's what you know, according to uh, 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 according to our president, that um, there, there's going to be. Um, Russia apparently has one, um, but but anyway, so there's rumors with this vaccine and how that all is going to go. Maybe things are I don't want to say going back to normal, but may, but maybe people can travel between countries at that point, um, you know, and so maybe, and so how do you plan for that? Knowing that maybe people can come back into the country. So I, I don't know. I, you know, we talk about long-term storybook storytelling, but new Japan has, they just have a rough problem because of the fact that they have so much talent from so many different countries around the world. Um, I don't know, but it'll make for an interesting G1 for sure. Absolutely. So as we get closer to the G1, which I believe starts like in a two weeks or two and a half weeks, we'll uh, take a closer look. So once we know who's in the tournament, we'll try to see more what goes on and we'll see if Jay uh, gets motivated to go and get a little of that juices in him and see if maybe he wants to go and uh, watch a couple of matches here and there. But let's oh, – Yeah, Corey, Lo- Corey loves doing this thing like when I don't have some – oh, yeah, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, give me time. Don't, 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 hey, don't worry about that. Good. I'm not expecting you to get it. I'm, you know, I'll talk about it here and there. But you know, if it's if it's not a good, not a good bracket, you know, I'm not expecting you to go out of your way and. Yeah. And, no. I I I always watch the, the. Here's the thing. I will get New Japan World, but now it's hard because the one thing about the G1 it was during the summer, so I actually I had off, so I could watch like all these matches. Now you know school's starting up, and we're doing virtual learning, which is gonna be a shit show uh so i'm gonna be probably working more than i ever worked when i worked in the school i'm getting emails from kids you know sunday at two in the morning about their college applications so like it's just gonna be madness so honestly between that and football and the nba playoffs i mean i mean i'm just not gonna be able to watch as many matches and and we've got how many wrestling shows now so I, i i think it's I think that's one of the things that's a bummer too, is that people have a lot more going on right now, whereas the summer things are a little bit more laid back. So yeah, we'll see, but um, I will, we'll, I'll definitely, I'll definitely be, be, be keeping up with it, but I, it may not be to the level that, you know, I usually do. So we'll see what happens. I understand. So last subject quickly before we get out of here uh, on AEW this past week, uh, we found out that John Moxley was the number one in everyone's, favorite thing. I didn't even know it existed anymore. But, you know, when your guy's number one on the list, you publicize it. PWI, top 500, John Moxley was number one on the list. Chris Jericho was number three. They kind of said, you know, uh, number two, well, we wonder who that was, but uh, number two was Adam Cole Bebe. Number four was Drew McIntyre. Number five was uh, Naito. Number six was Okada. Six was Cody Rhodes. Seven was Rollins, eight was Kofi, and ten was uh, AJ Styles. Anyone on that top ten that kind of was, you'd think either should have been higher, didn't make sense, you know, would think it's a pretty good list, and, you know. Yeah, well, I'm looking at it now. You gave me some bootleg, bootleg list here. I'm, like, reading it, and it's, it's got ads all over the place. Um, no wonder why your computer's falling. No wonder why your computer's falling apart. 
All right. Um, yeah, so Moxley, Cole, Jericho. I don't know why Jericho's third. McIntyre, Knight. Yeah, great promos. He was. Yeah, I don't think he should be third. Really? Uh, yeah, he hasn't. He's he's had. I mean, he, his his matches have not been. He had a great match with Tanahashi. Yeah. Uh, and that match with Paige that we were at all out was not a great match. Um, his match with Moxie was pretty damn good, right? It was I mean, solid. I don't Moxie think he was pretty damn good. I don't think they were great. They weren't great matches. Well, they I were not great. Well, he had one, he had one great match this year, and he's had good matches. I think it's a total overall thing with promos and wrestling. I hear you. I don't. I hear you. I don't think he should be third. Okay. Uh, Drew McIntyre, Naito, he should be higher. Uh, Okada, Cody, Rollins, Kofi, AJ, Keith Lee. It's funny that Cole is second. I think he deserves to be second. Omega, Reigns, Abushi. I think more Roosh is there. Strowman, 19. Oh, guys, awful. Yeah. Um, you could say MJF should be higher. 22, yeah. Um, two making the number 20. That's, that's, that's good. I'm glad, I'm, I'm, I'm glad he's on this list. I mean, MLW. It, it is funny, Corey. Like, how the fuck do they make this list? Like, right? Like, like how do they make this list? Uh, I think Pocket 39 should be higher. Um, just looking over it, Shingo should be higher. Uh, Kenta should be higher. He's 58. Um, oh, you have more guys? I just sort of, I just put, I put. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I'm looking. I actually found a regular website that's oh, well, not going to give me viruses. Um, interestingly, the highest rated woman is is this Kylie Ray now? So Kylie Ray 78, Tessa Blanchard's 80, and I know we're supposed to go over this quick. There's no women on this list. I, I always I know that they have their own. The, the high maybe they have their own. The highest rated woman is Kylie Ray. Huh. That doesn't make sense. Why is she the highest rated? Yeah, she's the highest rated woman on this list. The li- this list is I mean this list is it's it's it, it's garbage. I mean, yeah, it's a- if if you. Because if it's if it's women if it's women and men included, there's a separate list for women. That's one thing. I believe it's. I know, like last year uh, for the women, I think that Becky Lynch and Tessa Blanchard were. Like, I think one two. So I don't know. If is this because they? Is this because women wrestled men? I believe so. Well, Tessa Blanchard should be higher anyway because she was the champion. Yeah, I guess. I guess. Um, I, I don't know. This list is pretty bootleg. I'll be honest with you. But uh, yeah, this list is pretty bootleg. But Moxley being one, Cole being two, I think actually I agree with that. The rest of this list is pretty, you know, I don't know. But um, PWI 500, I remember when we were kids, I used to love that list. It meant a lot to me uh, to see who was up there. And um, I remember, you know, really wanting to go out of my way to see these guys who, because it was, you know, before you could see everyone, you couldn't see everyone back when we were kids. And so you would say, oh, man, Jerry Lawler's, sixth or whatever it's like i want to watch him wrestle bill dundee who was like 12th um yeah, it was a great it was a great list back in the day i mean it means literally nothing now but good for moxley good for cole i think they deserve to be um one and two on the list and then after that the list kind of falls apart and also for the record it should be uh, overall wrestlers it shouldn't be just men or just women i see that why maybe they had that back in the day because they, there weren't many women wrestling. Now with 
you know, women being as big of a, like Becky Lynch probably would have been number one, right? So I think they should have a list with both the women and men combined, but that's just me. And then you could take some of these people off the list who like, like why are some of these guys, you know, why is Strowman on this list? Why is, yeah, why are some of these people on this list? Anyway, neither here nor there. Also, hardly any MLW guys. Yeah, just interesting. Well, it's just a conversation, like I said, it's all just a conversation piece there. But uh, Jason, as always, great having you on the show this week. Let people know how uh, they can follow us on, you know, social media and all that other fun stuff. Yeah, we are at, we are at Worked Shoot Pod on Twitter. Uh, myself or Corey are going to, maybe I'll try to make Corey do it, live tweet the show tonight, the payback. <laughs> I don't know how to use a computer. Uh, we might, we, one of us or both of us may, because we both control the Twitter. So, um, you know, uh, we may live tweet payback. We may have a show after payback. We'll see how tired we are at the end of that. Um, but yeah, so we might have a show later. So check that out. Work Shoot Wrestling Podcast. We are on, uh, check us out on Facebook, Work Shoot Wrestling Podcast. Um, just type in Work Shoot Wrestling Podcast. You will find us. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Very Thanks. cool. And as always, check out our sister podcast, You Don't Know Jackie, for part two of the disaster known as The Morning After, the script that of one-act play that I wrote, not remembering, from over a decade ago. Uh, part one was this past week. We got into an entertaining conversation on how uh, Jackie Rachel somehow did not know who Kevin Costner was. Why was I not on this show? You wrote a play, and you didn't put me on the show? You got to put me on the show for this one. That, I didn't know they were going to talk about it. They, they just brought it up, and I was like, oh, crap. This is oh, it was out of nowhere. I, I, I gave them the copy of the script or the, uh, before the pandemic, and then all of a sudden they were like, so we're talking, and then guess what we're doing today? I was like, oh, great. Uh, but uh, check them out. And uh, Jason, as always, the final word is yours. I think we're done here. See ya.